the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party, April 1st, 7.30 p.m. SGP will be in the Ice House in Los Angeles, so come hang out with the crew. All the info you need is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really real, villain real. It's real, Furman Jr. here at your service. And it is a Friday in the association. So, you know, I got my guy Scott Studio right show. Scott, what's going on? Yeah, nothing much. Looking forward to uh, going through the games today. To be honest, I think everyone was distracted by college yesterday, which was a pretty good reason because you had two of the best games that I've seen in a while. Uh... The Michigan State game's an all-timer. I mean, that's that's one of the best March mm-hmm. Madness games I've ever seen. The Gonzaga one was good. It was actually very good, but you also had one team that didn't score a basket for 11-plus minutes in the second half. So that might have taken away some of the all-time status, but that shot from the parking lot to win the game was crazy. The collapse oh was crazy. Oh, it was unreal God. down the stretch. I was rooting for UCLA. I had UCLA in my bracket. But still, two crazy college basketball games. Three, if you want to include the upset for Florida Atlantic and the UConn game, that wasn't even a game, so I'm not even going to count that. But still, yeah, just a lot of really good college basketball yesterday. That was really my main takeaway. The NBA itself was fine. The Nets found a way to blow a game, and now they are looking into pot probably being in the play-in. They have a huge head-to-head against Miami, but giving up a 12-2 run in the final minute 51 against Cleveland – Give up an offensive rebound on a missed free throw, and you let Okoro hit a game winner. Brutal loss there for the Nets. Knicks had an excuse because Brunson didn't play, and they're on a back-to-back. But, yeah, a couple of good games in the NBA, but mostly people were distracted by college, and rightfully so. That Michigan game, the Michigan State game was an all-timer. Yeah, no, it was. It was a really, really good game. And uh, I'm so glad that we cashed Kansas State instead of Marquise Noel cashing his Michigan State money line bet that he clearly had towards the end of that game, taking three logo shots. A very, very ill-advised logo shot. Are we with one sure possession. that one of them got tipped, by the way? Because I thought yeah, he airballed that one by 20 did. feet. I, okay. I, when, you see the, the, when you see the replay, like it's clear he, mm-hmm. he tipped it. Like I couldn't tell if it tipped it or he gave him the high five on the release, which is no longer a foul in the NBA, and I just wasn't sure if that was the case. But yeah, uh, on the bright side, though, with Norwell, he ended up setting the all-time record for most assists in a single uh, March Madness. He had Michigan State money line. I don't care what nobody said. He had Michigan State. He had like 19 like, assists. You're five six. You're five six, and you're taking three logo shots in the most critical time of the game. Like, oh, I made not- a joke about the review. By the way, I said that Michigan State should automatically get the ball because Norwell took the same terrible shot three times in a row. Yeah, but yeah. It's, either oh way, I tell you he what, really though, was trying to blow it. Tang's a hell of a coach. I'm not sure if he's going to end up in the NBA at some point, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he does because that guy can coach. Yeah. I hope he's one of I hope he's one of those college coaches that just they know they know they have their niche. Like everybody can't make the transition. I you think know, he some could, coaches though. can. The players really he, no, like he could. Him. He could. I'm not saying he can't, but you know, sometimes I don't know. I just be I like to see good college coaches like have those longevity. And Tang mm-hmm. is one of those guys that he could have longevity as a really, really good coach and win national titles hell he could win a national title this year he's in contention so he won me over a couple of weeks ago but then he had the fake argument with norwell into a lob in the middle of overtime which is a re- they, they ran the longest yard play in the middle of overtime in a sweet 16 game which is mm-hmm. unreal but yeah tang's a hell of a coach i can't believe Izzo kept hauser in the game for so long guy couldn't guard anybody in pick and roll switches and they were just picking on him the entire second half Mm-hmm. And then they just didn't take Hauser out of the game. Like, I just thought Izzo was really not that good down the stretch. Tang was very good win for Kansas State. All right. Enough of the college basketball experience here. 
Before we get into the NBA slate, got to talk to you about the presenting sponsor and official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is WinBet. Now active in Massachusetts, Boston, folks, you can bet on your Celtics tonight if you want to with WinBet and be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each and every Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time where you can get the marquee game of the week for the best odds, giving you a larger payout. March Madness is here, so you can bet it at WinBet Sum today and receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, don't forget the biggest long shot parlay of the week. If you hit the longest parlay of the week, you can get $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to SportsCam. No, head over to WinBet.com and download the WinBet app. Offer subject change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. As we told you on older and present state, where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we are going to have a Final Four watch party. SGP is at the historic Ice House in Pasadena, California. Saturday, April 1st, 7.30. Get all the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse and join us to watch the Final Four. And if you don't want to watch the Final Four, join us for the Masters because Sean and Ryan are watching the Masters at Stadium Swim in Las Vegas and you can win a free three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas and hang out with the guys. Contest completely free to enter at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room. SGP15 is that promo code. So if you don't get the free room, get a discounted room. SGP15 and join the fellas in Vegas to watch the Masters. All right, Scott, we have a huge 10-game slate. By the way, I'm still a big fan of how we are so programmed to reading the old win bet read that we have to do like a double take every time. It was the same read for like a year, and then, and then they switched. They it changed it, bit. and they changed yeah. the link. They was like, "No more sports gambling podcast link. We're just gonna go throw out the regular win bet link." And I'm like, "All right," and and you think it's easy until you're reading and you just say it. You just say it naturally because mm-hmm. everything else is the same. Everything is the same, but that one part. I had the same so, thing happen to me in the tennis podcast. I had to oh make the my gosh, it's terrible! It's terrible! I hate it. All right, yeah, the Raptors. Um, very tough loss. Very very tough loss. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll talk. But they were also laying double digits. Um, on a they back, back. they closed double digits in the end. Yeah, I think so. I think it closed okay. to ten. So yeah, that is that is not a good look there. All right. First game on board, 7 p.m. on the East Coast slate. We have the Indiana Pacers going to play the Boston Celtics. Line open up at 11.5, now up to 12 for minus 12 for the Boston Celtics. 234.5 is the total. That total's come up two points. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Indiana Pacers. Service Halliburton is questionable. Chris Duarte is questionable. Everybody else expected to go. For the Boston Celtics, you have Peyton Pritchard doubtful. Doesn't look like he's playing. Robert Williams is still coming off the bench. And they're having him in his yearly off-the-bench minutes restriction. So expect that role for Robert Williams in this game. Scott, because I think it's obvious where I'm going. But for you, you have minus 12 with Boston in TD Garden. One emphasis on TD Garden in there. What are you doing? So the Pacers have been better recently in the first quarter, but I think that's probably where I'm going to lean uh, just because I do think on a back-to-back, Indiana might come out flat having to travel. They were just in Canada. Now they're traveling to Boston. It's not exactly a good scheduling spot. There are rumors that Halliburton might play. I'll believe it when I see it, but we'll just keep that in mind. It's a lot of points. Boston's been such a streaky team, and when they're on, they win a lot of games by a lot of points. But when they're off, they underachieve and they let other teams that are beneath them hang around so it wouldn't surprise me if Boston wins this game comfortably but on principle I think I'm leaning to Indiana the problem is we've noticed in the NBA for the last week or so a lot of the double digit favorites like most of them have covered pretty easily and Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with bottom feeder teams like the Rockets I know they covered against Memphis and we like them to cover against Memphis they actually play again later tonight but for the most part the Spurs I mean, they could be getting 30, and I wouldn't even take them plus 30 at this point. But a lot of the <laughs> double-digit underdogs have just gotten killed for the past week. So if you've been blindly betting the underdog, getting these points, you've been getting destroyed for the last week or so. I think I have to lean to Indiana, but I am a bit concerned 
that Boston beating up on Sacramento. I know Sacramento was a bit shorthanded, but still, they beat up on Sacramento. They have looked better lately. It would not surprise me if Boston wins this game comfortably. My favorite play is the over. I see a bunch of points in this game. I don't think Indiana is going to stop Boston at all. The last game they had went to overtime, and Boston won, but it was still a very high-scoring game. I'm on the over as my favorite play. I don't see much defense being played here. We know that Indiana is going to force the pace. So I'm on the over. If I had to pick a side, I guess I'd lean Indiana, but it's mostly hoping Boston opens up a big lead. Then they kind of play with their food in the fourth quarter, and maybe Indiana makes a backdoor cover out of it. But my favorite play is the over. I see a lot of points in this game. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's about the same thing that I'm thinking. I'm on Indiana, and I like the over. We talk about Indiana past five games, 122 points per game. Only teams that are worse than that in the NBA are the Atlanta Hawks, Minnesota Timberwolves, Golden State Warriors. Crazy that the Warriors are in this category. And the San Antonio Spurs. So uh, they're historically bad defense. I think that they'll give up a bunch of points. And what honestly, truly should be like a get-up spot for Boston. Boston, they're in a battle for this two-seed right now. Even besides the two-seed, I mean, you mentioned the actual seeding. They're trying to win the division. Yeah. Yeah, you still are. You're trying to win the division as well. Yeah, so I think it's, it's definitely a lot of motivation here for this. But this Indiana team just doesn't quit. They're not quitting. And it looks like that – because I don't think Halliburton played last night. No, I don't believe he did. And so Halliburton – you're getting a fresh Halliburton in there. Duarte, I don't think Duarte played last night either. So he's he's coming in there a little bit fresh. I still see some scoring options and playmaking by Halliburton. And he like he gets up for spots like this. Like you're playing one of the best teams in the East. Tyrese Halliburton gets up for spots for spots like this. So I think that this is a good spot where Boston gonna have a little bit of revenge on their mind after getting embarrassed the last time they played this team. And Miles Turner. Well, they didn't get embarrassed, but it should have been a blowout and Miles Turner dropped 40. They still got mm-hmm. the win, but it didn't look pretty at all. And that was kind of like part of the catalyst of that ugly run that they had going on where they were losing uh, like three or four or five of their last six games, something like that. And so I, I, I can see motivation on both these teams. It's a lot of points. I think it's a little closer than what the line is saying. So I'm going to go with Indiana plus 12. But that over that you said, I really, really like that over. I don't think that Indiana stopping anything Boston has going on. And I don't think that Boston's going to commit enough in the second half defensively where they're not going to let Indiana score a bunch of easy points and push this total over. So I love the 234 and a half. I might bet that today, actually. I think Boston could score 130. I think that Indiana could score 115. You might get both. So I'm on the over. Mm-hmm. All right. And props. It is Miles Turner's birthday today. I got to so, take him anyway, right? He had 40 last time they played. He did. And I just think that 20, 25 is not outside the realm possibility for Miles Turner. Like, it, it truly is not. And you're talking about staggered Robert Williams minutes. And even without staggered Robert, he was giving Robert Williams the business last he was. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he gave him not just the drugs. He gave him the whole medicines cabinet. So, yeah, I'm Miles Turner points. I'm not on the rebounds, though. I just can't. I, I can't bet Miles Turner rebounds. He, he he goes really soft for rebounds for me. So and the fact that he's like active defensively, so he's not in position for a lot of rebounds. I just I'll take the points, and that's how I play his birthday game. But what else do you like? Well, I was going to ask you since you mentioned the points, do you want to do a same game parlay with his threes as well, or don't even bother? Hmm. That's kind of how he killed Boston last time out. He just went crazy from three. And I think they, I think they could. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. It's his birthday. Uh, so that was just an option. Halliburton assists if he plays. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play or not. That There's no line for that right now. I think I'm on Tatum in the spot. Mm-hmm. I know it's a 30 and a half. He had a 36 piece against Sacramento. The problem with Tatum is that he's extremely streaky as well, which kind of mm-hmm. makes sense why he's the best player on this team because I think they have the same flaws. Like You want them to be a bit more consistent, and when it's good, it's really good. But when it's bad, it's really, really bad. And Tatum has some brutal games where he can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. But I think he's in good form now. So I think Tatum could potentially go for 40 in this game. It wouldn't totally surprise me. I think I like Tatum over. I'm pretty sure he had a good game against Indiana last time out. He also had the 
dagger put back, I think, in overtime in that game. But mm. I'm going to go with Tatum. I think that he's going to have a massive game tonight. Potential 40-piece. I don't mind the threes. But it seems like he got back on track against Sacramento after having a terrible stretch for a week or two there. Uh-huh. I think he keeps it rolling at home. Give me a Tatum masterclass performance tonight. Yeah, you and go potentially Tatum. Brown too. I think both can go. I, no, so, yeah, that's what I was. So that's what I was going to do. I said you're going Tatum. I'm going to go Jalen Brown. I get you know four points of a less number and essentially I wouldn't say the same player, but just as good as Jason Tatum, I think. And. I mean, both of these guys are streaky. Like, you never know what you're going to get from either one of them, honestly. But I think that this is a matchup where both of them say, hey, we can exploit this at home and we can go out here and really have a good finish to the season because they really fell off after All-Star break. And I know they're disappointed in how they look after the All-Star break. So I think both of them rise to the occasion and say, hey, let's have a really good strong end to the season. So I'm, yeah, like, I'm just I like trying to see Jaylen if there's any other props that I might like. I don't see anything for Indiana, and I and you know for good reason. Halliburton, you need to know Halliburton's status before they also you know played what yesterday. Play everybody else so. at. Oh, and they played yesterday. Yeah, forgot about that. I actually see some three point props up here, though. Yeah, some people that have three point props. I saw somebody yeah. was mentioning Horford before. Um, two, two and a half threes for him is plus one twenty four. If the arguments that Turner is going to be standing in the paint the entire time, then Horford might get some looks in the corner. I guess that's an argument. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not feeling Horford today. I'm good on Horford. I think I like the Tatum over. Tatum's a three and a half. I, I could really see Tatum having a huge game tonight. Yeah, I like that. All right. Before we get into the next game, so I got to talk to you quick about underdog fantasy. Underdog is heating up for March Madness College Pick'em is a great way to get on on the action especially because everybody's bracket is busted so you can go in there and still have good fun ways to play in their college pick em contest they have player props and you can still tap into the nba if you want to in underdog you can tap into the nba head over to underdogfantasy.com use promo code sgpn for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn all right Let's By the way, uh, we, we forgot Indiana actually did not play yesterday. The Toronto game was uh, the day before. Oh, okay. I forgot oh, that there we, were only four games on the NBA card yesterday. Yeah, we talked about it. Didn't we talk? Yeah, yeah we talked about that game. Yeah, that's why. It, it was yesterday for us. All right. San Antonio Spurs are in Washington, D.C. to play the Washington Wizards. Line opened up at six and a half. Now up to eight for the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Minus eight. 228 is the total that's come down from 234 and a half injury report for these two teams. And we have four, excuse me, the San Antonio Spurs. Keldon Johnson is probable with a neck injury. Zach Collins is questionable with the bicep injury. Devin Vassell is questionable via injury management. Jeremy Sohan is out for injury management. Trey Jones is probable for injury management. Devontae Graham is probable. Man, Devontae Graham and Doug McDermott, both probable for injury management. Romeo Langford are is out. I mean, they keep saying injury management. They should really just put tanking. Yeah. And for the Washington Wizards, well, looky here. Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma are both out for this game with knee and ankle injuries, respectively. So, is the Chris Asper singing show today? Laying eight with Washington without Beal and without Kuzma. So San Antonio has lost two straight games by at least 35 points. However, if you look at their actual roster projection for this game, a decent amount of starters are actually expected to play in this game. Uh-huh. Trey Jones is probable. I see Keldon Johnson supposed to play. Vassell's questionable. Collins is a maybe, so we'll see. The question is, we talk a lot about teams that are tanking and just the potential emotional issues that teams are having. They're not exactly playing for much. Mm-hmm. What is Washington playing for? They just got killed by, they just lost to Orlando. Their playoff hopes are basically over. They're not going to make the play in. I think they, I think they want to lose. <laughs> I'm going to say like, are we I sure Washington's fully, like they, they're benching Beal potentially for the rest of the year because they know that their hopes are screwed. And the Orlando loss was kind of the nail in the coffin there. You're one and a half game back from a top, like a, a secure top five pick. One and a half games, and you get a top five pick. And once again, to remind everybody, the odds for the top two or three picks in the NBA lottery are the same percentage. So it's not like it really matters if San Antonio wins this game or not. They're going to have the same percentage to get yeah. Wembenyama as the Rockets or even the Pistons or any of those teams. 
I think, I think, I'm I think Washington has more. Yeah, Washington has more more reason to tank. Like they at least they're, they're trying to get better odds and get a top five pick. San Antonio's locked into the top three, or well, I'm, not top three, but like locked into the top three best top three but, odds for the. Yeah, but the I I'm pretty sure like after you do the calculations and stuff, if the Magic finish above the Wizards, the Wizards are locked into a top five pick, or no matter how the balls fall, and that is huge. And I, I mean, it's it's clear that they're trying to do it. They they're sitting Beal. So if we just look at the, I mean, if we look at the rosters, I'll take Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell over anybody not named Kristaps Porzingis on that Wizards roster right now. And just to read off the projected starting lineup for Washington: Monte Morris, Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, Porzingis, and Gafford. That team's like laying who, eight points in the NBA. Like who? Who are you? Who are you taking outside of Porzingis over Vassell and Johnson? I'm not an Avdia points guy, but I actually could see Avdia having like a pretty solid rebounding and assist game, but he's not exactly a great offensive player. I have no idea. Can you yeah, take Kispert like threes it, blindly and hope Kispert goes nuts? Like, I can't lay eight points with that starting lineup. I, I, I can't do it. I, I'm going to have yeah. to lead to San Antonio, and they, they might come up later line. for the dog, but we'll see. Sprinkle on the money line. Sprinkle on the money line because the, Washington's not good, guys. I wouldn't even rush this, good. to be honest. San Antonio losing two straight games by 35-plus points, and nobody's going to sprint to the winner to bet on this team. But I really think Washington might be actively punting, as you said before. Yeah. So I'm not taking the Wizards. Yeah. All right. And f- because the Beal out and Kuzma out and all the other uncertainty with San Antonio, this line has dropped from thir- 234 and a half to 228. I think I have to lean to the under. I know San Antonio's defense isn't great. The offense has been bad too, but we just went through Washington's entire team. You're relying on Monte Morris or Kispert to go nuts. You're assuming poor Zingas walks into 30. There's no guarantee for that either. Is poor Zingas' minutes going to get limited? May- maybe. If they're actually trying to lose, I don't know if he's going to play a full workload here. I think I have to go with the under. Man, if if San Antonio gets out, this is one of those San Antonio first half plays for me again. But yeah, like if San Antonio, game, yeah, if San Antonio gets out early and they build a lead, they're going to pack it in. Like they're not fighting back in this game. They're going to pack it in. I'd rather take the chance with the plus eight and, and the plus money. And yeah, give me the under, under 228. I kind of want to go, part of me wants to go over because I hate closing line value and stuff like this, but I'll go under because it just feels like such an under game. Well, I think there's two ways for the under to hit. Either the Wizards look underwhelming offensively because they are missing two of their best three weapons, or you have the Spurs who can barely break 90 points in the last two games, and they continue to suck offensively. And then if one of those teams struggles, you win. So you have several mm-hmm. ways to catch the under here. I'm going to go with the under. All right, props. Uh, I mean, okay. you blindly going Porzingis? I don't know who else is going to shoot on this team. He's been good lately. Killed Orlando Porzingis threes. Night. I've been I've been giving out Porzingis threes for a while, and he's been numbers consistently low, usually. Yeah, one and a half sometimes, maybe two and a half at plus money. Porzingis threes, another angle I like, but. I'm going to my guys, my guys that always hold it down for us on the Spurs side of the ball, and that is uh, Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. Assuming Vassell plays. I I like Johnson as well. If Uh, Vassell doesn't play, then I'm pivoting to Branham. That's fair. Uh, Zach Collins might not play. As everybody knows, I'm aboard the Mamoukashvili train, and he's done pretty well for points. (laughs) So I'd look for him over uh, if you get a number on him. Scoff at it all you want. Guy's been putting up double digits. He's been actually putting in some work. But I'm trying to think of what else I want to do here because I was blindly considering Avdia double-double, and I've Mm -hmm. roasted Avdia for most of the year because I don't think he's a very good basketball player. But based Mm -hmm. on the usage he should be getting in this game and the fact that Gafford gets into foul trouble all the time and Avdia has been good on the glass, double-doubles plus 215, which sounds a little bit low, but I'm wondering if I'm better off just taking the rebounds instead of the points. Because the last two games, he had 15 and 16, but he went five for six from the floor and seven of nine from the floor. So I'm not exactly sold on him keeping up that high percentage for a guy who's only going to attempt nine shots tops. Might go up now, but the point is, I do think if you want to go for a sneaky uh, prop here, I don't mind 
Avdia 10 plus rebounds at around plus 185. Okay. Dang. I feel like it should be more than plus 185. I think it should too, but I think that's also telling. I think that they're expecting Avdia to get a lot of minutes and to grab some boards. And what's his double double price? It's like plus 215. Okay. I'd rather save the 30 cents because, once again, if he's going to attempt nine shots tops, and the only reason why he's gone over is because he's shooting 80% from the floor. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pivot and only take the rebounds. But we know Porzingis isn't, isn't exactly aggressive on the glass. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I like it. Next game on the slate, we have the Detroit Pistons going to play the Toronto Raptors. Toronto's laying 14 and a half. That's come up from 12 and a half to 14 and a half. 224 is the total in this one. Injury report for the Pistons. And you have Jalen Duran, who is not on injury report. Isaiah Livers is probable. Alec Burks, Rodney Magruder are both out. And then you know that Isaiah Stewart, Bojan, Hamdou Diallo, all pretty much shut down for the rest of the year. And for the Toronto Raptors, you have Scotty Barnes questionable with a wrist injury. Gary Trent Jr. questionable with the elbow. Persis Achua questionable with the hamstring. Uh, Joe Wisecamp questionable with the hamstring as well. Banton is out. So, death pieces, but Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes are the names to really, and Preston Chua, honestly, are the names to really pay attention to because they did not practice Thursday after missing the Wednesday game. So, no game Wednesday, no practice Thursday. We'll see what they look like today. Are we really laying 14 and a half with a team with this many question marks? I mean, I know it's the Pistons, but seriously. So I'm looking up the history of these teams, and yes, I know it can vary depending on how good the teams are year by year. But Toronto's been a state. Dwayne Casey. For a it's while. Dwayne Casey. That's so. That's the, that's the tweet. That's the tweet. Nothing else. Say Dwayne Casey. Do you know the last time Toronto beat Detroit by at least 15 points? How many meetings has it been since it's happened? I mean, it has to be. At some point when Dwayne Casey was head coach, because Dwayne Casey's been busting their ass with the piss with the Pistons. And even when he's losing, he's losing close. Detroit has covered 14 and a half against Toronto in 17 straight meetings. I mean, 17. This, you look at the games this season. If you want to just go by how bad Detroit's been, they've played three. They've played three times. Toronto's one all three. They won by four, they won by one, they won by four. Before that, Detroit won six straight, outright. Six straight against Toronto. One, that's what the fuck Toronto gets for firing Dwayne Casey when he won Coach of the Year. Very, very, like, very, very rough firing. I understand. Getting fired after Coach of the Year is still crazy. And and the fact is, he got fired because of LeBron. Mm -hmm. He didn't get fired because of him. He got fired because LeBron. Because LeBron was busting their ass every single year in the playoffs and they couldn't get past them. And then they ended up blowing the team up, starting over. And yeah, they won a championship. But man, that is brutal. And so. I'm on Detroit. I don't even know why. Who is betting Toronto in this spot? It's another example of a team that's tanking. And once again, if you blindly back the double-digit favorites, you've done well. But Toronto is not going to be one of them. The argument is, well, they just lost to Indiana. They're still competing for a play-in spot. You know, maybe they'll show up. Detroit, for some reason, has given them problems for several years. It's I don't know Dwayne why. Casey, Dwayne Casey has going, gone into that locker room. And I don't know if you've seen the video. I think it's like of a foreign soccer team or something. And the guy goes and he slaps, oh, he slaps every player yeah, on the team. Russia. Yeah. Yes, that is literally what Dwayne Casey does to them before the Toronto game, every single game. Like, they are so locked into the Toronto game. Every single time. I mean, it doesn't matter what lineup they have. Would you be surprised if Killian Hayes probably goes out here and scores 20 tonight? Just because it's just because it's Toronto. And Dwayne Casey slapped him up before the game and said, hey, I need you to learn how to shoot the ball today. I, I, I just there's no way I'm ever laying this amount of points with Toronto against the Pistons. Like based on historical trends it. as well, no matter how bad Detroit has been, they've always gotten up for Toronto. You always. mentioned Dwayne Casey. Maybe even before it was Dwayne Casey, but Toronto's always had issues, and I'm not going to back a team that can't beat Indiana at home outright without Halliburton to win by 15 plus points. I can't do it. Give me the Pistons. Pistons plus 14 and a half. 
Pistons sprinkle on the money line. It's so simple for this one. I just, I, I, I cannot imagine everybody is betting Toronto. Like, I just don't know how you could see them playing the Pistons and say, I'm going to go to Toronto. It's all fun and games betting Toronto until you see Van Vliet take 14 shots in the first half and suddenly you're reevaluating your entire life. So it happened in the Indiana game. Went four for 14 in the first half. Why is Van Vliet taking 14 shots and a half? I, I have no idea, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm on Detroit. For the total, I'm up in the air on this one. I think I'm going to lean under. I don't feel great about the total, so I mm. think I'm just going to stay away, but I feel better about the spread. You have any I keep forgetting, I I keep forgetting to pull up a ref report. Oh, you're looking for one guy, right? No, he's no, he's gone. He's that's what gone. I'm saying. They say, yeah, the they say he's gone. Really but I keep, for, but I keep forgetting to like just keep do, taking that and putting in that into our total handicap because that's actually like a really yeah. good okay. big addition. So let me uh, go ahead. We have John Goble. Mitchell Irvin and Matt Myers for the refs tonight. Goble's uh, a little bit on the underside because his to- his points per game is, eh, I mean, it's not it's not that special. Uh, let me just see. Here we go. Here. I got it pulled up right here. And so Goble is, yep, 37 and 48 against the spread. Not against the spread, but 37, 48 to the over so 48 37 to the under yeah he's an under ref for sure all right and he's the crew chief tonight you have let's see what Irvin is you look up Irvin I'll look up Myers Irvin is 33 and 24 so there's an over one there do you have Myers or can uh, I, I don't it? have the spread or I don't have the over under 23 and 23 I'm just gonna look up the actual points per game that it's he only, okay. he's only done 46 games yeah, which I find fascinating. But either way, I, I think I'm on the under here. Global global being a crew chief, like it, it it gives me yeah, it gives me under vibes. So I'm I'm fine with the under with that. So does that mean we're blindly taking like Wiseman and Pertle rebounds because we're expecting a lot of bricks in this game? Absolutely. Maybe throw in Bagley in there. Well, because uh, Duran Duran's in there, but he's gonna probably come off the bench. He still should get some he should really get like some really good minutes coming off the bench. With probably alternating off the floor with Yakupertle, and yeah, because who else? Who else is really when when Duran's in the game coming off the bench? Who else is really combating him for boards? We should look at his double double today. We're probably it's probably not out now, but we can probably get it later. And it's probably going to be an inflated line because he's coming off the bench for this game, or yeah. at least projected to come off the bench. And well, there's the really nobody. Are the minutes decent for Duran off the yeah. bench? Yeah, like it's yeah, it's like regular off the bench. Like it's not like he had a minutes restriction when he was playing. It's just he was coming off the bench instead of starting. All right, he missed the last game with a neck injury, but he's back. Um, so I'm going to ignore the Miami game because he played nine minutes because he hurt his neck. Played 27 minutes, 18 minutes, 24, 20, 21. The minutes aren't great, but you look at the numbers: 15 and 13, 9 and 8, 12 and 11, 16 and 11, 8 and 9. You might be onto something. He's been close yeah. despite not playing many minutes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get a good number on him when they drop his props, and we can hit him over the head for that. So I really do like that today. If it's anywhere north of like five to one, I'll probably throw it in a long shot parlay. Yeah, I agree. All right. And you know I'm on the Wiseman train. Everybody knows I'm on yep. the Wiseman train. I really like Wiseman. I really, really he's good. Like he's just a bad fit for Golden State. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I when it happened, people said I was crazy. Golden State needs a big, so they they were smart for him to draft Wiseman. I was like, uh, I don't know. I probably just would have took my shot on Lamelo, honestly. Like, you know how hard it is to actually like find a center that can play the Golden State way with all the off ball movement and all. Of, it, it's really really difficult to find it. Need, it's got to be a veteran. It can't be a young guy. It has to be a veteran. And you have to be able to switch on everybody on defense. Like, that's yeah. extremely difficult to find. Yeah. All right. And that's why Looney, you know, has been there for so long. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Houston Rockets going to play the Memphis Grizzlies in part two. Was the other one in Memphis, too, or was that one in Houston? I'm pretty sure they were both in Memphis. Yeah, it was in Memphis. Okay. So we had this game on Wednesday when we broke down, and it was. We were both all over Houston. 
Yep, it was 12 points in that one. Game finished 130-125. Memphis, it was a close game the whole way. That 12 was never in doubt. We were actually waiting on the money line, honestly. Mm -hmm. This time is 13. Open at 13, stay true to 13. Line for the total state the same as well, 233.5. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for the Houston Rockets. Jashante is out, as always. Frank Kaminsky is on this team. I didn't even know that. That, But he has a migraine, so he's questionable. And, I mean, I'm not playing with no migraine. And for Neither Memphis, was Scotty Pippen in Game 7, so it's fine. <laughs> for Memphis, Dylan Brooks suspended. He, he Well, he's available. He's coming off that suspension for that tech. Does Dylan Brooks get another suspension for Tex this season? They have how many games left? The answer is yes, but the only question is which <laughs> game is he going to have? That? They have five, six, seven, eight, nine games left. Yeah, he probably gets suspended again. <laughs> I, I assume he's going to because even though there's a bunch of theatrics involved and you could say that it's cheesy and how you don't like him as a player, they've been winning. So uh-huh. whatever he's doing, I don't know if it's it actually works. contributing or anything, but you know if they're trying to regain some for the regular toughness, season. it's working, I guess. Until he gets in, into the in playoffs. Brooks's mind, him getting ejected might be the reason why this team is winning. So he's going to keep doing it, you know? I mean, it, as long as when we get into the playoffs and they're up single possession with 30 seconds left, Dylan Brooks isn't taking that shot. I mean, I don't have any issue. Mm. Zaire Williams There's a certain amount is of narcissism out. involved with Brooks where he can do all this stuff and he thinks he's the reason or the catalyst why the team has been winning. He's not going to change anything. He'll keep doing the same thing he's been doing. Zaire Williams and Vince Williams are both out for this game. And Steven Adams is set to be evaluated, reevaluated in a couple of weeks, so we'll see if he'll make it for the playoffs. But basically, he's done for the regular season. All right. Ja played off the bench last game. I don't know if he's coming back into the starting lineup this game, so I can't really give you a handicap on that. Even it's, if he doesn't, he only nothing. played 24 minutes. So you're assuming yeah. a worst-case scenario, bump it up to 30? Yeah, but he pretty much. We'll see what happens with Ja, but Dylan Bros is definitely back in the starting lineup. All right, a little bit of a different situation here. Yeah. 13, what are, what are you doing? First of all, shout out to Kevin Porter Jr., who had a casual triple-double that not enough people talked about in the last game. Uh-huh. It's going to be different now that Brooks is back. You can roast Brooks all you want for being an overrated player. Or I can't even say he's overrated because everyone just hates him now. He's still probably their best on-ball defender on the perimeter. So I don't think Houston's going to have that easy of an offensive game as they had last time out because Green did whatever he wanted, Porter a triple-double. Uh-huh. The offense looked very good. For Houston, which we thought was going to be the case because Brooks, we've seen the Grizzlies without Brooks and they can't guard anybody. So Memphis, I think, should have a very good game, but it's still a lot of points. Uh And Memphis have had a hard time of fully trusting to bury teams when they can. They also let teams hang around a bit late in games. Their half court offense isn't great, which is why a lot of people don't like them in the playoffs, because if the pace slows down and they're not in transition, they don't look good in the half court. I think I'm going to lean to Houston. It's a lot of points. I'm not saying that Houston's going to win the game, but I do think they showed last time out they can compete with Memphis. That's good enough for me. If you're getting double digits and I know you're going to compete, I'm going to take you. I'll lean Houston. Give me an eight-point loss. I am very conflicted. I do think that this game plays a different script because that last game was competitive from start to finish. And defensively, you're assuming Memphis will be better because Brooks is back in the lineup. Yes. And so I think I want to play the Grizzlies early and play them in the first quarter, getting four and a half right now. It's a little bit large for a first quarter number, but I think that they come out and they really impose themselves, especially like, and I really feel better about it if Josh starts. I don't know if he, they're going to keep going with him coming off the bench or not, but I feel talking, a lot better about You're talking about, about the it. home first half play? Yeah, first, first, quarter? Uh, first quarter, first half yeah. play. I did Looking at that first half minus eight kind of turned me off, so yeah. I just mm-hmm. decided to go to the first quarter instead. They're still eight and two to the first quarter of their last 10 home games. Last 10 road games for the Houston Rockets, they are five and five to the number in the first quarter. So 
I like I like my chances with that first quarter minus four and a half. Hopefully, we'll see what Ja. I may change my tune if Ja's coming off the bench, but if he's starting, then I feel pretty confident about that first quarter play for sure. However, for the game, I, I this just screams Memphis gets out to twenty a uh, twenty plus lead and Do maybe they, get they just yeah they get bored. Foot off the gas. You're, miss- you're missing a lot of death pieces at this point for Memphis. You're missing Vince Williams. You're missing uh, Zaire Williams. You're missing uh, what's Brandon Clark, who's done for the year. Adams, that, that destroys things. So Tillman is probably getting more minutes with the starting unit. And then you're missing a death piece there. So you're leaning on Roddy to make sure that he holds things down, you know, coming down. Who's been playing pretty decent, but I think there's I, still... I like Roddy. I, I was yeah, a fan of him at uh, Louisiana. I was at um, uh, Colorado he State. He was at Colorado State. I was thinking, yeah, yeah Lofton. You're thinking of Lofton. Louisiana Tech, yeah. Uh. But, yeah, no. So I, I just think the death pieces, when it gets to the point where they start pulling the starters, that's when the backdoor cover comes. So I don't like it, but I'll take the plus 13 with Houston for the full game. But I really, really like that first quarter number right now. And right now, that's my play for the game. I think Two, my thir- favorite play, the more that I think about it, is probably Memphis team total over. Okay. I, I really don't see Houston getting many stops. I, I uh-huh. We just saw Memphis go for 130 against this team. Jaw's probably going to play more minutes. Might even start. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but you look at the three meetings this season, scored 129 in the first meeting. 113 in the second meeting, not great, but scored 130 in the third meeting. So they scored at least 129 in two of the three meetings, and Memphis is 31-5 and five at home. Mm-hmm. I think Grizzlies' team total over is probably worth a look. Yeah, I like it. Aaron's also adding in the chat, Grizzlies are 5-1 and one ATS. Their last six games following an ATS loss. That's a really good stat. Great, great pull on that one. So, uh, good, more fuel for the fire for that 13. I think my only concern is that there's a lot of Memphis, money coming on Memphis, and the line hasn't moved up at all like normally when you like you saw you see all the money poured in on toronto game and that went up two points already mm-hmm. but yeah i just i don't know it, it kind of makes me nervous that this line is staying true at 13 i would love to see this at least get 13 and a half and make me feel like somebody sharp is betting memphis but it just seems like the public is on memphis all right 233 and a half yeah i ain't I think I, it, it's the Memphis team total. Like at yeah. the very least, I feel comfortable about Memphis scoring. I don't know what form of Houston we're gonna get. I'm trying to see if I could find a very very fun. You mentioned the bench double double for Dur- for Durin last game. I'm trying to see if I could find a jaw double double. What if he just comes out 28 minutes, 20 points, ten, 10 assists, and yeah, 10 assists. Yeah, I I like it. So I mean, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be out, especially because they don't. I mean, once they re- announce, hey, he's starting or hey, he's coming off the bench, and Taylor Jenkins is going to do that at some course of the game, then they'll give us his props and we'll get a better number. But if either way, I think we just play Ja double double regardless. Yeah, I don't see a prop on him, unfortunately. So I'll wait and see if I can get it. Um, All right. Do you, want, do you so, like Jaron Jackson double double at plus 340? I can't get on his rebounds, man. I cannot get there on his rebounds. Tillman double doubles 12 to 1. Tillman just feels like every Tillman just feels like the, the guy that everybody bets for a double double on this team and he just never gets there. Yeah, pretty much. But he did have he had I'm back on Aldama. I'm back on Aldama. Give me go me I'm going back to Aldama double double. I called it the other day when it, what game was it? Somebody tell me what game it was that I called Aldama double double. I can't remember. Maybe was it this game? No, it wasn't this game. What was the game that John ja missed? That last uh, game that they won that John ja missed. John missed a lot of games. Uh, oh my gosh! Let me. It was let, the. Let me just quickly see who. Which I think game it was, was. the Golden. It was against State. the Mavericks. No. no. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It was the Mavericks game because the Mavericks had no front court. Yeah. Aldama's big guy hangs around the rim. He's always in position. You know, when Triple J is out there, he gets a block or anything. He kind of falls with the rebounds. I'm I'm back on Aldama rebounds again. I I, I don't like Tillman. Tillman just doesn't get there. Like he, he should. Horrible, to be honest, but yeah, he should, but he doesn't get there. I think that his contribution doesn't show up on a stat sheet, whereas Aldama it does, and it shows up in the rebound category. So I'll be back on Aldama when they drop his props later in the day because he's coming off the bench. It's normally at like six and a half, seven and a half, something like that. All right. Anything else for this one? Uh, no, I don't see much. If you want to go for player props, 
it really could go in a variety of ways, depending on if you think Memphis pulls all the starters at some point, or if you think that Houston makes it competitive or they get blown out. So tread a little bit carefully in this game, but I still think you'll end up seeing Memphis probably score 125 points, probably more. Does and they're saying Jalen Green points? My concern for that is the fact that Dylan Brooks is back in this game, and I'm I have to assume that that's where Dylan Brooks' matchup is going to be this game with Jalen Green. Even if you don't like Brooks, you have to account for it. Yeah, and so even I mean even if he's only getting matched up with him half the game, that's still going to be like very disruptive. So I don't know if I'm 100 percent with I just I haven't been a Jalen Green better honestly. Jalen Green reminds me of Fred Van Fleet a lot. And just the inconsistency shooting the ball, but he can put up points. So it's like he may, he's always good for 35, but is he going to hit his shots to get to the 35? Oh, I'll keep no. shooting. So there's that. I'm on, uh, I like Jamari Smith rebounds though. He, he's <laughs> been doing good on the glass. And this is a plus matchup with, again, we just talked about all the uncertainty of who was rebounding the ball for the, for the Grizzlies. Jalen, I mean, Jabari Smith has done really, really good. Shangun should have a good, like, they should be able to get rebounds in this game as well. So I like those players. I want to actually look up Jaron Jackson points really quickly uh, before, I for, before I forgot. Because he's been going crazy. He's been going nuts. He's had at least 25 points in five straight games. He had 37 last game, 28 game before that, 31 against Golden State. I'm assuming his number is going to be high, but mm-hmm. I do want to at least acknowledge it before I move on. Uh, his points number is... I don't even see it. That's fantastic. Okay, uh, let me check the. Uh, let me check another book. I don't know why they wouldn't have him listed. Like he's clearly going to play in this game. Um, sorry, I just pulled probably the job effect. Let's see. I have for Jackson twenty one and a half at minus one hundred four. Okay, I mean he's had twenty five plus in five straight. Yeah, at thirty seven last game. And if I mean, if Jaws have him has a minutes restriction, he should still get the usage. Yep, I'm just going to throw that out there though. Jaron Jackson points is probably worth at least consideration. I would rather bet on Jaron Jackson Jr. than Xavier Tillman. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Well, Tillman I mentioned for the twelve to one, but then I looked at his stats and he starts on paper. He doesn't actually. Yeah, he. Yeah. Um. All right. Next game on the. What's, how many games we got left? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, no. We, I think we got time game. for one more. Yeah, let's do All right. Charlotte Hornets are going to play the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. Dallas opened yep. up as a 12-point favorite. Mm-hmm. And this they have moved to 14 and a half. Do we need to mention anything else besides Dallas laying 14 points at home? Or could we just wrap no, it up from that? No, we, we can actually really finish this really quickly. But to go through the theatrics... And the build-up to what our pick is, well, everybody knows, but what the yep. pick is going to be. 227.5 is the total. That's come up from 225.5. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Charlotte Hornets, going to be see a lot of TBDs because they played yesterday where they got, they were actually competitive in that game for like three quarters, I think. At one point, I remember looking at the score. I was score watching. I wasn't watching. But uh, I remember looking at the score. It was like 78, 74. Like, it was a really close game. And then next thing I look up, it's like 104, 80-something. I'm like, whew, that's a good turn. They got better. They didn't score basically any points in the first half of the fourth quarter. They got they got absolutely smacked. They, they, get, they only scored 15 in the fourth. Yeah, I got outscored by 12 in the fourth. So the game was competitive for three quarters. Yeah. All right. You know, no LaMelo, Mark Williams, or Corey Martin. But... CBDs on Dennis Smith Jr., Kelly Oubre, and Terry Rozier. For the Dallas Mavericks, Kyrie Irving is questionable. Tim Hardaway Jr. is questionable. I don't see anything here for Luka, so it looks like he's going to play in this game. But Luka played last game. The question is Kyrie because he also sat against Golden State. And Tim Hardaway Jr. sat as well. Yeah. All right. I still can't do it. Of course, I can't. I can't do it either. 15 30 and 2 as a favorite this season, 13 22 and 2 at home this season against the spread. And if we go and look at their numbers as a home favorite, they are, let's see, where are you? Oh, yeah, just go to the bottom. 10 19 and 2 as a home favorite this season. I mean, this is like Miami Heat level territory here. Yeah. 
I can't do it. I'm on Charlotte. Just, I mean. just give me the 14 and a half. I, they, Charlotte figures out something from that game yesterday, and they come out here, and they give the Mavericks a game. And Luka probably has to do some Luka-like things, especially if you're not getting Kyrie or Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm hoping Kyrie doesn't play, because I think Luka's going to walk into 40. So I'll probably bet something involving Luka if Kyrie's out. There's one guy that I really, really want to bet, but I have to wait to see if they release the numbers. I'm sure you know who it is. It's my boy, Nick Richards. Mm-hmm. Finally giving him minutes. They mm-hmm. took four or five months to finally realize he's good enough to actually start, and he's been crushing. No, it didn't take four. I want you to know it didn't take four or five months. It took trading Mason Pumley and then yeah. Mark Williams getting injured because Pretty if much. Mark Williams is playing, Nick Richards still wouldn't be getting minutes I've like been that. praising Richards for months, and now he's finally playing, and he's walking into, like, 14 and 12 every game. And now they're like, cashed, oh, this Nick Richards guy is pretty good. It's like, yes, I was aware of that. I cashed his double double on Monday. I believe that was, was Monday when we. It was 215. 215. Was it Monday? That might have been Bob. It was one day recently on this show that I cashed Nick He's Richards. He's the only double. center they have. And yeah. Dallas has no centers. And he's athletic as fuck. Yeah. So, yeah, it's super easy. Nick Richards There's double no double. Whenever they, whenever they drop it, whenever they drop it, I'm just take it. it. All right. Yeah, uh, Charlotte plus 14 and a half, Nick Richards double-double, total, I really don't care. I think I'm going to lean over. The only argument that I really have for the over is if I think Charlotte keeps it competitive, I'm not suddenly going to expect Charlotte to play defense. I'm just hoping Dallas doesn't guard anybody either, and you get a mm-hmm. bit of a track meet on your hands. So I'm going to lean to the over. I think it's correlated. I think if Dallas wins, the game goes on. If Dallas covers somehow, the game goes under. Because, I mean, Charlotte just no-showed the game offensively. But if it goes over, that means Charlotte actually does their part. So I think it's correlated. I'll lean to Charlotte in the over. All right. Somebody said Jalen Hart, uh, Jaden Hardy's points. You got to wait and see that injury report and see what they do with Kyrie and mm-hmm. and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Because Jason Kidd has pretty much said that, yeah, Hardy, you're only getting minutes when like a bunch of guys are out. Like he doesn't get any type of minutes or usage when these guys play. Like his minutes go from 20, 25 to five very, very quickly when players are in the lineup. So you got to be careful. But I do like Hardy as a player. If people are out, then I will definitely be on Hardy points. And JR, I got bad news for you. Uh, we didn't forget about Dwight Powell. We just didn't mention Dwight. Who? There's a, there's a difference, you know? Who? Uh, that, that guy who <laughs> takes all the minutes away from Christian Wood. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Screw him. All right. We are about to go ahead and cut here for part two of the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast version, just slide over to part two. If you're on YouTube, hang tight. We are coming right back. Ba-da-ba-da-da. 